Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, and I'm joined today by my co-host, as always, Brad, all the way up in Alberta, Canada. Brad, how are you? I'm having a very excellent day. I, I will tell you that, Eric. How are things treating you in the what I can only assume to be uh, Midland Wastes of, of Utah? How are things out there? Ah, yes, the Midland Wastes of Utah, as they are known. Uh, things are going, you know, well-ish. I'm getting used to football season coming on without having to go back to school it's a little bit of an adjustment that i'm working through right now but uh you know it should uh, should be a fun year and uh i'm excited because today our guest is none other than a good friend of the podcast and second time guest i uh, really wish i had her on more but things get a little bit crazy with schedules sometimes and uh it's just nice to have a yearly check-in with sammy Moore. how are you doing sammy how are things going I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it was a lot of fun last time, so I'm ha- I'm happy to be back because last year my predictions were wildly off. So. Yeah, so were mine probably all the time. I-, I would say the thing I'm worst at is predicting things. So uh, here we are in a predictions episode. It's always fun to go back at the end of the year to see just how really terribly wrong I was. It's nice to like in the middle of May, just say, oh yeah, I've got a few extra minutes. Why don't I just zoom back and listen to some playoff predictions from last year and uh, just be like, wow, you really don't know that much at all. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a nice thing to do. But Sammy's here because this is the NFC South preview. And this is it for division previews. After this, just a, some brief housekeeping here. We are done with division previews. We started back in late june kind of went through july and august putting out a preview week so there are previews on all eight nfl divisions all 32 nfl teams as of today will be have been talked about for at least 10 to 15 minutes on this podcast and most of them two of these episodes this year have made a really conscious effort about time stamping so you can go back and you can actually pull up the time stamps and pick your specific team if you don't have time to listen to a 45 minute podcast which i know a lot of people do but uh, i i'm a crazy person and i just constantly listen to podcasts uh, i i like music too but I, I would say i listen to about four podcasts a day and people have told me that's a lot so uh you know if if you're listening to four podcasts a day get us in a rotation if you're if you're not if you're more listening to maybe one podcast a week why don't you jump around to those timestamps and you can get a good look of what's going on around the nfl And this will do it for this week as far as podcasts go. Expect nothing again until maybe next Sunday. Me and Brad haven't chopped, uh, tamped this down for sure yet. But either next Monday or Sunday, expect only one pod next week with week three of the preseason happening. Won't be talking much about that. Instead, we'll be doing our annual playoff draft which is a lot of fun bradford will get you you know ramped up for that we just go back and forth and draft teams we think will make the playoffs and whoever has more at the end of the year maybe we can make some bets and uh it'll be 
It'll be a lot of fun. We only have one bet standing currently, but Jared Goff versus Jason F- Justin Fields bet, of course. But that is a are show. You, how are you that, feeling about that, by the way, Eric? The the, the Justin Fields, Mitch Trubisky, or not? Uh, not Mitch Trubisky. I mean, same thing. Uh, you uh, know, Justin. I, am, I don't know why I'm I'm tempted to say Jared Fields now. I, you're, right. you're messing me up here. Well, uh, just to give Sammy some context here, we did a a show a few weeks ago about quarterbacks and and quarterback rankings. And uh, Bradford was really hyped up about Jared Goff, like really hyped up about. Okay, Jared let's Goff. not let's not. Way more I mean, hyped, I mean, I'm being mischaracterized. Way, way more hyped up I'm, about Jared I'm Goff being than any one human should be. I, no, at no point did I say Jared Goff was going to be good. I was just saying you that I feel like did. the way people—that is not what I said. I just said people are. I think they they aren't fully comprehending that. The the public perception of how bad Jared Goff is is incorrect in my opinion, and I'm saying this as as a converted Jared Goff believer. I'm not saying Jared Goff is going to lead the Lions to a playoff win or anything crazy like that. I'm just saying Jared Goff he's got a little bit of spice to him this year. I think that he's going to put up some decent numbers, especially fantasy wise, and he'll definitely do better than Justin Fields. Just on the sheer thing of I could probably do better than Justin Fields if I had the Lions offensive line versus the Bears offensive line. Justin Fields out here is getting murdered. He still hasn't really shown ability to play quarterback at any form of a high level. Still getting absolutely just hammered even in the preseason here. Jared Goff, I mean, he's not great, but I don't think the premise of the bet is that ridiculous to say that Jared Goff would have a better season than Justin Fields. Don't don't make it sound like I'm 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 launching Jared Goff into some form of MVP candidacy. That's not going to happen outside of maybe like a week one, like he has a big game. But like, I don't know. I just I don't think I'm that crazy. Is all. Yeah, I, I then took the stance, but I thought Justin Fields would probably have a better year than Jared Goff, so there's bet who will have better stat lines. I feel pretty bad to answer your question, Bradford. The Chicago Bears look absolutely awful in the preseason. Uh, their starters play, their starting offensive line plays most of the time, and they get <laughs> consistently wrecked by everybody <laughs> they play, including the not so great Seattle Seahawks. So don't let uh, Bears Twitter hear you say that. Those so, guys are crazy. Yeah, uh, not not feeling great, but I, I, I'm really tired of boring Sammy here. I, I just I, I see it in her eyes. I really don't want to ramble on and on forever. But that that is the context of what we were talking about there. And now we can actually get to what matters, which is the NFC South. Let's talk about the team in the news. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers today, naming Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback for them. The Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule year three here year four how many years has it been for Matt Rule at this point does anyone remember off the top I'm pretty of sure it's head? three three I'm uh, pretty sure it's okay. three I would agree with three as well year three for Matt Rule things are pretty hot there for him and uh it's success or a, a new regime but the crazy part is I actually look at the Panthers roster and I say Wow, it's just not that bad of a roster. They've got some really good defensive players. They've got some really good offensive players. It's just a matter of finding a quarterback and, and maximizing that quarterback. Sammy, some of your thoughts going into the year as a division opponent on the Carolina Panthers. Honestly, the Panthers are like the 
in my opinion, they're the dark horse in the division. Um, oh, okay, what? I think you have like the obvious players, like the Bucks are. We'll get to that. I have thoughts on that. But then you have the Saints are not the best position, in my opinion. The Falcons are the Falcons. They're gonna not be good this year. And I honestly think if anyone is going to contend against Tampa, it's going to be the Panthers. My biggest thing is I saw this TikTok and it was really funny. And it was like this guy like doing like his little division previews. And he's like, well, like the Panthers are going to be really good if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. They're like, he's going to breathe the wrong way. And they're going to be like, oh, his neck's broken or something like that. Like he's 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 like paper. He's very easily breakable. And like something's going to tear, something's going to break with him. It seems like every single season. So I think if McCaffrey stays healthy, if Baker is good, I I use that term loosely because like, when was Baker Mayfield's best season as a Brown? Like, did he ever like do anything? Like he did do stuff. Like he did take him to the playoffs and stuff like that. But like, Statistically speaking, like, I don't think Baker Mayfield ever had like a season where he was, everyone was like, whoa, MVP candidate. But the the Panthers are just like that, that wild crapshoot for me. Like they're either going to be really good because they have all these pieces or the wheels are going to fall off very quickly. And it's just going to be a train wreck. Well, I think you could very easily make a comparison to the, the, uh, Carolina Panthers of this year to the year that I believe Baker had his best season, which was the 2021, I believe Cleveland Browns. It was a 20, I'm, I'm mixing up the, it was, it was the year of Browns football, the year stamps confuse me, the year of Browns football preceding the past one that we just had, where, especially during the second half of that season, I thought Baker came on pretty strong. He's very accurate, not making any mistakes, not exactly wowing you, not let the Browns had like too many pieces that he could use to wow. But like, I think that, uh, like Eric was saying, the Panthers, they have some nice defensive uh, pieces. J.C. Horn is someone I'm, I'm very high on uh, going into year two. I know coming off uh, injury, of course, but definitely, definitely flashed in the games uh, that, he, that he did play. Um, the Christian McCaffrey question, I mean, that's, that's kind of always the question with the Panthers. But you look at what uh, the Browns were able to do. Uh, where they had essentially Nick Chubb be more the focal point of that offense and, and, and Baker not like not having the quarterback be the primary function through the offense. The Panthers need that to survive, right? Like, like you're saying, if Christian McCaffrey, he's made a paper, if he blows off into the wind or whatever misfortune befalls him, they're done. We saw it last year. Remember, remember the Darnold is good era lasted like three weeks. That was crazy where it's like, he was playing all right. And McCaffrey was carrying and, Everybody was like Darnold. Maybe, maybe uh, it was Adam Gase all along. Now, it, it wasn't all along. It was actually Sam Darnold partially. But I think with a good defense, uh, a, a potentially good defense of pieces that could come together and and some decent offensive weapons, uh, I can see I can see your dark horse. I can see where that would come from. You know, I don't personally see it happening. Um, I, I don't. Think, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. But at the same time, like you got to acknowledge that they could because I don't see anybody else in that division doing it and when you talk about the running back like focus thing like Matt Rule when he was at Baylor he had like one season where it was like a rush heavy team but then uh the Charlie Brewer era he threw for like 12,000 yards in like two seasons 
So with Matt Rule, it's just a matter of who he has under center and who he has weapons-wise. And I think now that they actually have a, a, a capable quarterback that's not Sam Darnold, it's they might put up more yardage. It might not be a rush-focused team. Like, Baker can scramble, too. Like, it's not like if McCaffrey goes down, like, their rush game is completely invalidated. Like, Baker can still get stuff done. I don't know. I can't remember who McCaffrey's backup is. I should because he's probably played more snaps in the last year than McCaffrey has. But, yeah. It's just, it's the, the Panthers are just a, like that one team that's just like, you don't know. And I'm like, if we get a Matt Rule Baylor team when Charlie Brewer was quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised if you have Robbie Anderson over a thousand yards. Maybe, oh, absolutely. Maybe that 15. Doesn't seem that ridiculous to me. And I was maybe 1500. I was going to say back up to Christian McCaffrey, Edmonton area local boy, Chuba Hubbard. So oh, there yeah. you go. A connection okay. there. He's a bit of a folk hero around here. That's... So in the event, and he did flash a little bit in the games that he did play last year. So, I mean, he's no McCaffrey, obviously, but obviously I got to support uh, my local boys there. Uh, yeah. The Panthers, I don't think they're going to have a good season. I don't think Matt Rule is a good coach at all. I think that he gets just... lucky. I think that's his thing is he gets lucky with players that are at his disposal. Excuses. Well, he gets, he, he also also just keeps getting these excuses, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he can kind of say, Ooh. well, I had Teddy. Well, I had Sam. Well, and maybe this well, year we Christian's, well, I have Baker, but yeah, Christian's hurt. Like, mm, mm, mm. yeah, what, I get what do you yeah. want me to do? My guys are in. So are you of the mindset that if this season were to not go the Panthers way, which it, it probably won't uh, with the, with the Bucks and, and the Saints in that division, uh, do, do you see Matt rule being done? Like this is his last, last hurrah. Maybe the thing is, is like, everyone like respected Matt rule, like a lot in the college game, like the, what he did with Baylor, everyone was like, Oh my God, this is groundbreaking and stuff. But the NFL is a whole different ball game. We've seen it many, many, many times before of college coaches going to the NFL and then Chip Kelly, urban Meyer, just coming into the NFL and just face planning. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to compare Matt, Matt rule to urban Meyer. I'm well, he, a I, I'm, I, yeah, I'll give him a little bit more credit. I, mean, but, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, if rules been dipping into the, into the co-eds, but like, I, I think, uh, I think I'll put him a little bit above urban there. Let's give, yeah, give Matt but, a little bit of credit, but ruin, but urban, urban, I urban comes to mind because of the Utah ties, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. but it's no, just, and like, my thing is, is like, if I was the Panthers, I want to see who around me is going to be also looking for a new head coach, because if there are like 85, not there's not actually 85, but if there are like a majority of teams or like a good chunk of teams that are looking for coaches this year, your pool is significantly smaller because you're going to be, you're going to be interviewing. Everyone's going to be interviewing. You're going to have people moving. You're going to, it's just going to be a mess. And like, I think it, it could be possible. This is his last hurrah if he doesn't do well, but like, what is the Panthers standards of like a good successful season? Because the Panthers like threshold for good is probably a lot lower than like what the Bucks standard is or like the Rams or like any of those like perennial teams that have been making it to the playoffs the last like couple of years. It's probably like, well, if we're above 500, we're going to count this season as a success. Like, it depends if, how Tepper sees it, right? Like, even yeah. as rational thinking NFL fans, we can say, like, yeah, well, that 
the, if the Panthers were close to 500, that would be impressive. But I ownership, you never know. I, I've had a premonition, though. I, I want to get this out on some sort of uh, form of recording. I'm going to hit you with this take right now. Next season, the head coach for the Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich. I just, I've seen it coming. I, I, I just wanted that out in some form of recorded space. I've had a premonition. Frank Reich will be the future coach of the Carolina Panthers next NFL season. Okay, that's ridiculous because the Colts are going to be good enough this year to have Frank Reich not be fired. So that I think the Colts are going to do something stupid. I think the Colts are going to be good this year too, but I just something about it. I I I I listen, I can't justify it with logic. It's a it's a premonition. They don't work right. that way. Gotcha. Well, mm-hmm. premonition premonition noted. Uh I do like their receiving weapons. You know, I always have DJ Moore's incredibly underrated. Um as you you know, and Terrence Marshall Jr., he he's a guy that I think could make a really big leap in his second year. He was very good at LSU and has shown a few flashes here in the NFL. So there is a chance that it works out. But I, I just want to put this on the record. I don't think Baker Mayfield is good. Like I, I I used to think Baker Mayfield was good, and then last year happened and I understand you could say oh he was hurt or whatever but the year before he also wasn't very good either towards the end of the year he only put together really a four-game stretch including that playoff game to prove that he was any sort of good so I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback I don't think he's necessarily the worst in the league or anything like that but I just don't think he's great and I think that things could go sideways for the Panthers very easily. And I think there's a chance both quarterbacks could end up playing this season. Let's talk. I Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you there. I, yeah. I don't know if I, if I can see Darnold coming in. I, no, what, yeah. Essentially what I think is going to happen here. I think the Panthers are going to have an overall disappointing season, but I think Baker's going to have a solid enough season that going into the next year, somebody's going to be like, yeah, we're going to give a shot on this guy. Because I agree with you. Baker is not a great quarterback. I've, I've always been of the opinion that, that his, his true passion should be acting as that is what he is best at. Oh my God. His commercials are phenomenal. Uh, I just think that with Baker, like, I think he'll put up some good statistics with some of the, with some of the tools that, that he has at his disposal here, maybe not winning statistics, but, uh, I think Baker, okay. Next season, Baker will have higher stock than he did going into this off. Gotcha. All right. We'll, we'll see if that ends up being the case. I believe that, that uh, I believe Bradford yeah, yeah. just froze. That that would be that would be my guess of what what happened there. Uh, as as he's back in in normal standings now. I I believe I just talked over you, Bradford. You froze up for a moment there, uh, but we are back now. Um, you didn't talk over me. It's my internet. No, it's okay. It's all good. You are the man, and you you you're uh, you know. We'll just move on now to our next team. Let's just knock the bad teams out of the way first. The Falcons. This is probably, probably, I'll just go out on a limb, probably the worst roster in football. Uh, Very few good players on either side of the ball. So we'll keep this Falcons preview pretty short and sweet. We'll just go around the horn and one Falcons player you're interested in 
this season. I will let you two go first. I hope you don't take mine, but mine's the obvious pick. So I'll, I'll let you go first, Sammy. I'm going to go Tyler Algier, fi- former BYU running back. That's a good um, one. Really promising things coming out of camp for him and even like little glimpses during preseason games. Uh, Tyler Algier, uh, you know, as a, as a Utah reporter, people probably think like, oh, like you probably don't like ev- any single player that played for BYU. It's like, no, like, I can respect what they're doing. And Tyler was a beast at BYU. I think one of my favorite moments from him was the BYU Arizona state game last year, where there was, it was either a fumble or interception and he chased down the defender. I think he went like 25, 30 yards full speed. And then he punched the ball out of the defender's hand, like arms as he was almost into the end zone and covered it up so BYU got the ball back. Like, that is some, like, that is really good athleticism. And I'm not saying, like, like that makes him, like, the best running back in the NFL. But I think as a rookie running back on a terrible, terrible Falcons team, it's promising. Because, like, you know, if Tyler has a good season, like, maybe he could be a cornerstone piece of this team as things go on and has as the Falcons rebuild or whatever their their motive and mindset is with the state of their team yeah i think well i think the falcons think they're going to be decent is what i've the impression i've gotten from a lot of the, the stuff i've read uh my my interesting players okay i have i have uh i have i have two here that i i want to highlight uh, my first player that i find to be very interesting on the atlanta falcons i'm not going to take the easy pick here uh, I'm going to go with, I think, maybe the best player on the roster, Youngway Koo. I think that with the way this Falcons uh, Falcons team is looking, I think we're potentially looking at one of the all-time great kicker seasons, which gets me very excited as somebody who, who loves kickers just as, as an entity. I think we're going to see Youngway Koo coming in in a lot of situations, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a big season from him. My other pick I find interesting – Kyle Pitts, I think this is his uh, superstar breakout year. He was very good as a rookie, but man, Pitts is incredible. I felt this way from from his from like the draft leading up to him. I mean, this I was all about Kyle Pitts. Nothing happened in his rookie season to make me doubt that. Oh man, this guy, he's he's fast, he's big, he's strong. He, he's just he's just an athlete. Like that's all I can say about him. I think with Pitts and London, and I kind of like uh I kind of like some of the depth receivers that they have here, honestly. Like Damier Bird, I don't mind as like a depth wide receiver. He had he had a couple of good moments last year. Uh, I think uh, I can never pronounce his name. It's the the wine god name. Uh, all, all of, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but it's like Olamide Zacchaeus. I I believe it is. He's definitely had some moments uh, over the past uh, past season or so. Where I've been like, yeah, you know, there's there might be a little bit here, and if. Marcus Mariota, I guess there's the name. If Marcus Mariota can, you know, get it to them, I don't think I don't think it's gonna look like uh, too horrific on offense, defensively, and on the offensive line, especially there. Oh, oof, not good. Like this isn't terrible. This is a terrible football team. But like, I think from a fantasy perspective. I think that you got you got Youngway Koo, you got Kyle Pitts, Drake London. I think those are some guys that are going to put up some points for you in your leagues this year. 
And that's really as far as my interest in the Falcons extends to this year because they're bad. I just want to circle back on the Kyle Pitts argument be, or the statement because uh, last year uh, when I was on the pod, Eric made the statement that Kyle Pitts was going to be a top five tight end last season, which Eric, I'm look sorry. At his fantasy numbers. He was okay. close to that. Okay. Yeah. But I'm I don't sorry. think it's that crazy. He, I got got over a thousand yards. No, that's totally fine. I just, I just, cause it was, Matt, and Matt, was, I did make a very bold prediction. It was a that. very, very, very bold uh, prediction. Yeah, it was like I'm, he's going to be the number one tight end in the like tight end of the year and stuff. And then yeah, uh, that, that was that, that was, was a, wild. Of that me. was a freezing cold takes. Come get your boy. Yeah, like, was, that did not go well for me. They, Eric, they may call you a madman, but I would respect you more if you doubled down on it for this next season. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is my tight end one for this year. I would. I think that he will be the best tight end in the NFL this year. Him or Mark Andrews, I think. I obviously I'm a huge Mark Andrews. Yeah, that's you're a a Chiefs fan. How are you saying this? Okay, this is what I'm saying. I think Kelsey. Here's here's what I think is going to happen with Kelsey. I think Kelsey Kelsey is is still the best tight end in the league. I agree with you. Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. But but I will say this here. Will you let me? You you want me to be bold? Let me speak, Bradford. Bradford. I I will say this right now, and I'll you know Sammy's here. I'll stake my reputation again. Kyle Pitts will be a top two tight end this year. No, do, no, no, top one, no, top one or nothing. No, have, have some, have some balls, Eric. God he will damn. Be, no, I'll say this. He will be the, he will no doubt be the NFC all pro tight end. Oh, this no. is some politician. That's what I believe. Yeah, this is pathetic. You still don't yeah. believe that, Sammy? No. Listen, Travis Kelsey will be. Okay, I believe Travis Kelsey. Man, I just really like what he did at Florida. I, I I'm just gonna yeah, keep saying me it. Too. Me I too. Do too. I, I do too. I do too. But here's the here's the thing: college football and the professionals way different ball games. Like I guess, completely yeah, different right. things. And like, yes, he had a good season last year, but one good season does not a career make. It does not mean that he's going to be number one tight end in the in the NFL or top tight end in the NFC. Like that's not like one season like yeah you have guys that have like one really good season and everyone loves them and like they like go down in history is that one great season but at the same time like the nfl especially in the tight end position i feel like is more about longevity than about like having one good year if you can consistently produce at that level throughout your career you're gonna go down as like one of the best tight ends in history. He did it as a rookie. He did yeah. it as a rookie, though. Okay, and he's well, just gonna get better, and he's gonna be in a situation where he'll actually have a little bit more help offensively. You know what? Kyle Pitts may go down as the greatest tight end of all time. That's all oh, I'm saying. Okay, okay I'm, that's. I'm doing, no, is just, yeah, now, okay, now, that's now we're off the rails. Off I'm just saying, rails. Travis. Now, do, Kelsey, I, do I have to? Now this is something I haven't done yet in our time of no. But do I have to mute Bradford? Okay. Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. That is re- not. The that man is, is just necessary. really going after it about the Atlanta Falcons. I haven't even gotten to my player yet. Well, just hold on. Hold your horses. I just want to clarify, okay? Kyle Pitts, very good. Travis Kelsey, yes, best end in football. My opinion is, I think statistically, Travis Kelsey's numbers might go down a little bit this year. And also, I'm just feeling that injury coming. He's avoided it for so long. Once again, it's a bit of a premonition. And you can say that isn't a great way to analyze football, but it's it's won me more than it's more than it's cost me. You know, it's the same thing. I had that premonition about Will Fuller to the Broncos. It's happening. Like Kelsey, I believe 
may not even have a bad season. It'll just be a Pitts just breaks out and takes that number one spot. And with Mark Andrews, I think it's almost just a volume thing because it's him and Bateman, man. That's, that's, that's all the Ravens got, right? Like, I just think that'll just be like a sheer, like just volume, 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 whereas the Chiefs will be a little more spread out and Kelsey probably, probably won't be getting force fed as much as he has been in years past. That's, that's all I'm saying. I think Kelsey's going to get force fed more because Tyreek's not there, but that's just me. Well, I think, but I think Tyreek, you switch they, out Tyreek for Juju Smith Schuster. Terrible. Terrible. See, I Juju, disagree. Juju's just going to make TikToks. That's all he's going to do. I, dis, I disagree. Now, listen, Juju is going to be a very valuable contributor to this offense, not to a Tyreek Hill level. But what I think is going to happen with the Chiefs here is it'll be a lot more spread out short passing. And I think that's where that's where Kelsey got almost all of his yards. And I think guys like Juju are going to take away some of those from him. Kelsey's impact on the field will be just the same from the, from a, from the way the defense plays them. But I, I believe just that, you know, whereas the Chiefs for a long time, it was much more of a like Kelsey is the release valve. I think Mahomes has a little bit a little bit more release valves to go to, which which will impact Kelsey's stock just enough to give Kyle Pitts the space he needs to take that top spot. All right, Eric, who's your player? <laughs> yeah, let, let me get to my player. I'm really trying to find this, too. I'm trying to figure out on my DraftKings app here, which I just used to, like, look at stuff, where the win total numbers are. Can you maybe Google do some Googling for me, Bradford, and see if you can find a win total number for the Falcons? Because I'm interested on how we feel about that. This is being a bad team. We'll give them some more love with that. To me, I like the backup quarterback. Desmond Ritter has been pretty good in the preseason. Bradford has a torn love affair with this guy, Kenny Pickett. But really, I think the best preseason rookie passer has been Desmond Ritter. He's consistently looked really, really good, put up good numbers, had good completion percentages, and he hasn't been throwing short of the sticks all the time. He looks like a decent passer. And I think- I said a- Kenny Pickett had one good drive. I'm not I'm he- not sending Kenny Pickett to the Hall of Fame. I was just saying that he has done some good things. Desmond Ritter did look great tonight, though. Right. I, I will say Desmond Ritter is the guy that I'm interested in seeing. I think Marcus Mariota gets some starts, but it wouldn't shock me if, you know, we get to week eight and, you know, they're one and seven or whatever they are. And they say, OK, we're bad. Let's just see what we've got from everyone on our roster and uh, I just think Desmond Ritter, my bull prediction would be he ends up playing about half the season or more. Bradford, do you have a win total number for I, the Falcons? I do. It is strangely high. It is four and a half, which Whoa. I think is an easy under. Hey, like that, that feels oddly high. Hmm. Four and a half. Vegas always gets you, though. That's like a really smart number. Uh, four and a half. Four and a half, four and a half, four and a half. Well, let's let's see here. I currently have them at three wins. I think they'll beat the Browns without Deshaun Watson. I think they'll beat the Panthers. And I think they'll beat, there's one more team on here, the Bears. Oh, they play the Commanders too this season. You never know. I mean, the Falcons did mm. this last year, right? Where they were awful, but they just kept somehow winning games in the, yeah. like, like they were like one of the worst, like, I can't remember what their record is, but at one point they had a winning record 
throughout a decent part of the season. Yeah, like, I mean, they played the Seahawks too. So, yeah, I could see over. I think I'd probably go push. But if you force me, I'll, I'll say under. I'll, I'll, I'll take the under there. But that you, it could very, they could very easily win five games. What do you think, Sammy? I was just looking at their schedule right now. I'm, I'm kind of thinking the under. Okay. Um, you said that you think the Falcons are going to beat the Panthers. Um, I don't see that happening. Well, it's just at home. It's a divisional game. At they'll home. split with I, the Saints. I, I think, they'll take one. They always yeah, do. I feel like they'll split the Saints, but there's, I don't think they, I do not think they beat the Panthers. Okay. I just I'm going to take the Panthers under though. I'm going to take the under and I'm going to go with like three. Because okay. I feel like three is a nice, safe number with the Falcons. Yeah, I have them at about three wins as well. But it just wouldn't shock me if they won five. That 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 it would not be a shocking outcome to me. Okay, well now we spent way too much time on the Falcons. Uh, you know, I I thought, oh well, maybe we'll just. I went around the horn one time and I thought, oh, this will be a nice way to make sure Falcons fans get Purdue. Well, guess what, Falcons? You just got almost fifteen minutes. I bet of us just talking about the Falcons and Kyle Pitts and all these players. So congratulations, Falcons fans. We have, you know, we, we've talked about you. You'll Let's notice get... that this has been a recurring trend with the episodes with me on where I, I, I find the bad teams more fascinating than the good teams. Like you've noticed those segments tend to drag out more. I, I can't really help it. I just, I just find they have a more compelling narrative, you know? Uh, and we move on to the main course here. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, Sammy, I'm just going to lay out. Since I need to get a word in here because Bradford has been just, he's been going. He's been going this episode. And that's what I love about Bradford, really. Bradford is new to the show. You know, Trey was my co-host for a while. He had some school stuff and got an internship. So Bradford has been very kind to step in. And I love Bradford, but there's an issue. Bradford and I largely give off the same energy, which is we just want to talk forever and ever and ever and never stop talking and just keep talking forever. And eventually that gets kind of old. And now I understand, you know, it makes me want to talk less now that I've seen what it's like in action. So let me get to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers takes. I'm not concerned about Tom Brady taking time off. Really not not really a big deal he's like the greatest player of all time he has seven Super Bowls at this point and oh not to mention just considered one of the greatest North American athletes of all time he can miss training camp that does not matter what matters to me is this you within the span of like a month have lost two to three of your starting offensive linemen that screams like that's a really bad thing for a quarterback that's not super mobile and who's also 45 years old and who could get hit a lot this year. And while I overall like the Bucks roster a lot, they didn't lose a lot on defense. They're always well coached. Todd Bulls is a tremendous defensive coach. They've got no holes on the defense. I don't think they've added Russell Gage as a weapon. I don't hate that. I think that's a very, very good move. I, I like what they've done overall offensively. But that offensive line, man, that just gives me some pause. And do I think another team's winning the division? Absolutely not. But I'm not so – if you asked me probably in March what team would I pencil in to be in the Super Bowl from the NFC, I would have said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't feel that way today. It just feels like a disaster could be brewing with how much – 
the line has been hurt and we could see like Brady in that last season in New England where people are like, oh, why is Tom Brady so bad this year? Well, it's maybe because he's getting plastered by defensive linemen 10 to 15 times a game. So I I just wonder how you feel about all that and if my concerns are unfounded or not. They're not. That was my my big thing was the offensive line issue. When when Ryan Jensen went down, I was like, all right, okay, here we go. I was like, we've been so lucky the last two seasons with not a lot of severe injuries. And then Jensen went down and I said, football gods, please don't screw me over this year. And then Saturday happened. And I said, did you ignore my phone call, football gods? Because this is terrible. I got into like a slight disagreement with my father about the whole Tom Brady missing training camp kind of thing because I'm fully buying into the theory that he was on the masked singer. I am buying into that theory 115%. My dad was like, what if, how bad are you going to feel if it turns out that Tom Brady's mom was sick and she was dying? I was like, she wouldn't, he wouldn't put a return date on coming back to camp if his mom was on her deathbed. I don't think that's the kind of person Tom Brady would be. Anyway, so I'm fully buying into that whole mass singer thing. The offensive line, it's a whole nother ball game at this point. I I was trying to find and see who else offensive lineman-wise is left on the market. There's not very many options. And if there are options, they're not that great. They did draft some kids. Um, they drafted a kid out of Wis- or Minnesota, I believe, who had been taking snaps at that left guard position so it's not like there's nobody there but I feel like we're going to be putting a rookie in at left guard which you know didn't work it was pretty well when Tristan Wirfs went in as a rookie like I love Tristan Wirfs he's one of my favorite offensive linemen in the entire like NFL so there's that but I think receiving core wise this is probably my favorite group Tampa Bay has put together um, you have Mike Evans, of course, you have Chris Godwin back from injury. You talked about Russell Gage, you also bring in Julio Jones. You felt fa- you've, uh, put in Scotty Evans, uh, the former Utah state player, Devin Tompkins. Like you have like a very, very, very good wide receiving core. You know, you take a little bit of a dip with Gronk retiring at tight end, but you still have Cameron Bright. And you also drafted Kate Otten out of Washington, who I am very familiar with he caused me very many painful moments when he was at Washington but that line that offensive line is probably the biggest red flag for me as of right now the secondary is looking a lot better that was my other area of concern last year um just with injuries and stuff like that but you bring in Logan Ryan from the Giants you just draft some more depth and stuff and it's just it's a it's a better position I think um I've said it once and I'll say it again, but Devin White is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, I just love how he plays. Uh, him and Levante David are one of my favorite tandems that are currently in the NFL. Um, and, you know, on the defensive line, you do, like, lose uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue. Both of them didn't, or yeah, I think Indomitian didn't come back, but I know for a fact JPP did not come back to Tampa this year. But you still keep Vita Vea and Hakeem Nunez Roaches. 
you also draft some really good players. You have Joe Tyrone Shanka still on the team, uh, last year's first round draft pick, but then Akeem Hicks coming over from the bears. Love that. You know, um, I think honestly, it's going to be the offensive line is my biggest concerning point right now. It still remains to be seen like how bad it is because they have not technically put Ryan Jensen on the IR, which means either whatever happened is not serious or it's serious enough that he will be out for a short, like a a chunk of time, but not enough time to put him on the IR. Because if they put him on the IR, like he's, he's done, he's done for like, he's not coming back this season, but Ryan Jensen has not been put on the IR. So they will carry him into roster cuts. Interesting. So that's giving me uh, a cause for pause saying uh, we might, he might be coming back, which I think would be very beneficial to have Jensen back because he is other than Tristan Wirfs. He is the lifeblood of that like offensive line. So yeah, I mean, it's that would be great if he could come back. I have to ask you a question, just as someone who works very closely with Utah State. I've been meaning to get around to watching preseason highlights, but I haven't of all teams. So has Devin Tompkins done anything of note during the preseason? Do you think he'll make the final roster? What do you think? He's been doing a lot of work as a punt returner, which was okay. like one of his specialties at Utah State. So I am not, I haven't watched a couple, I haven't watched a lot of preseason games. I know Sumi, I've just been busy. Um, That's okay. Me neither. But <laughs> I've seen stuff about him. He's made like a catch here or a catch there. He's been very impressive in practice. Apparently, he made this really good over the shoulder throw from Kyle Trask, but don't get me started on Kyle Trask because I, we'll go on a tangent about how much I don't like Kyle Trask, but there's glimpses. I don't know if he makes the cut, but I do think he might make practice squad, which I think would be good for him. um, Because like he would be the punt. He would be like a backup, backup punt returner for the bucks. Gotcha. Cause you'd put Scotty, you put Scotty Miller out there first. Right. Cause Scotty Miller is Scotty Miller. You put That's Sco- true. as or as the Bucks fans call him, you put Scooter out there and you let Scooter go. Right. Bradford, your thoughts on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team going into this season? Okay, well, I first of all I want to say, as a diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan, forgive me for not being particularly sympathetic to a Buccaneers fan complaining about offensive line injuries. I do not find that a topic that is uh, very, very painful for me to. For, for me to think about. Well, um, at least you have a quarterback who's mobile. That's true. That's true. And by quarterback, if he gets hit, he could turn to dust at any given moment. And who did he have to throw to in, the, in that Super Bowl? Byron Pringle. Just, oh, <laughs> uh, Chiefs fans love Byron Pringle. I will never forgive him. I will a never plus, forgive A him. plus last name. That's what I will say. An incredible name. Incredible name. He, but here's the thing the greatest throw in the history of football was in the bread basket for Byron Pringle and he ruined it. Don't even care about the Super Bowl. It would have been it would have been an all-time moment. Greatest throw ever made. And Byron goddamn Pringle took it from me. Man, anyways, he he got a Pringle sponsorship in Kansas City, too. It was like, really over this guy? I'll just uh. anyways. This is not a Byron Pringle take. This is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers Buccaneers take. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are good. I mean, you've said it all basically, right? I mean, you know the team better than anyone. The offensive line Looking a little suspicious. 
Brady, not very mobile. That being said, I appreciate uh, encountering another fellow Julio Jones believer. Eric is on record several times over the past few weeks, essentially calling him a, a washed bum. But I think that uh, I think that I have I, never I, once I, called him a washed bum. I have simply uh, pointed out the along fact those lines. that he has not had a healthy season in five years. Like and it's I, been a, it's been a really long time since he hasn't totally destroyed his hamstrings by week ten. Like I'm well, see, but I'm pointing out the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, have Tom Brady as their quarterback, and things always work out for this guy. That's all also, I'm they're not going to be relying on him. It's not like yeah. he's coming into the season as wide receiver one. He is going to be a relief wide receiver, basically. Like your 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 two your two wide receivers that you start, or like two of the like you put Mike and you put Chris out there. You put Mike Evans and you put Chris Godwin. That is that that is it. And then if you want to throw something different, then you throw him in. Like it is not a like. Right. Okay. Is, that's it, fair. My, my, my main thing with Julio Jones, Sammy, is this man Bradford here. We did a fantasy football show the last episode and he told me that Julio Jones was a must target. Fantasy I didn't. Football I, okay. That, is whoa, a, that, that right there. That whoa, right there whoa, is a no. Whoa, whoa, that is, that is not what I said. That, that was the segment. That, that was the segment. Okay. The well, segment I misunderstood was, the segment. The segment was must target fantasy football players. And you brought up Julio There's Jones. There's an asterisk. Must target in the later rounds for great value. Anybody can say, don't, oh, hey, don't draft Julio Jones at all. Can say, anybody can say, oh, hey, Brandon Ayuk's going to be really good this year, guys. Wow, you're not blowing anybody's mind. I just spilled water everywhere. Uh, anybody can say, hey, these guys are going to be good. Now, I was specifically trying to help people succeed in the margins. Those late, late round sleepers, which I believe Julio Jones is one of them. Like Sammy is saying, Julio Jones is not being relied upon here whatsoever. And I mean, he's he's very sheltered in this lineup. And Tom Brady's devil magic will see him through somehow. Julio Jones will contribute to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of this season winning football games. It is an incredible offense. Gronkowski will come back at some point. I do not buy for a second that he has actually retired. This is some sort of elaborate conspiracy to get out of conditioning drills and, and, and a bunch of uh, preseason nonsense. This Buccaneers team is just a good football team. Okay. I mean, I, I, you okay. I'm just not going to buy the Julio Jones takes. That's just not something I'm interested in consuming right now. That's I'm not going to draft as a Buccaneers fan. I'm not going to draft Julio Jones. Like I'm okay. not going to on my fantasy. I mean like yeah. last couple rounds. That's I awesome. would pick him up as a free agent. If a lot of my, if a lot of my, make it there. Pick up uh, make my it there. in my league, he will, my league, he will last probably fall. No okay, well, if, if, if you're playing in a fantasy league with people who are drafting Julio Jones, Congratulations, you've won that fantasy league because you did not draft Julio. He's Jones. like a last round sort of yeah, this okay, is a sleeper to be a significant. I, I'm not suggesting that you should spend high draft capital on him. But you are. No, I'm not. I'm late draft capital. Do it. I'm just saying it is a low risk, high reward scenario. Spending That's- any type spending any type of Draft capital on Julio Jones is high draft capital. For okay, Julio I'm going Jones. to go out of the way to draft him in our fantasy league now. Fine, I, 
do it. I, I hope you draft him in like the third round. More. Good I will. Not, okay, I'm not. I'm not. Draft I'm him not, with I'm, your first pick. Not that would prove your point. Okay, yeah. no, that's not what I'm suggesting. But when I when Julio Jones scores the game winning touchdown in our fantasy championship game against you, uh, I'm just saying you'll feel you might feel a little dumb and you'll feel bad for laughing at me this whole time. No, I'm getting, gonna still laugh at you. We're getting way off track. My goodness. yes, this is true. We are getting way off track. Let's talk about the final team and then let's get out of here as this is dragged on now. Uh, as I wanted to keep this about 45 minutes, I believe we're at about the 45 minute mark. The New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton leaves, but the offense gets better. Michael Thomas returns. They draft Chris Olave. They draft Jarvis Landry. I still believe it is within the realm of possibilities that this finishes a top 10 offense. They've just got a lot of talent on their offense between Alvin Kamara, which doesn't look like a suspension's coming for him this year. Um, They've got Jameis, who was good enough before he got injured last year, and they've got those three talented wide receivers I already named. They've got a top three defense. Are the Saints some world beaters? No, but I do believe they'll be a playoff team in an incredibly weak NFC They are heading for a winning season Uh, yet again. I just believe the Saints are in a good place right now. It's a good roster, and I think they'll be – and they they have a penchant for staying competitive with your team, Sammy, and and giving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lots of fits. So I think that helps them as well. No shot they win the division. I want to clarify that right now. But I do think they'll make the playoffs, and I think they'll be a fun team to watch this year. And that's just what I believe about the New Orleans Saints. Okay, so here's – I have a couple of thoughts. When you mentioned their defense, there's a key piece of that defense that's not going to be there this year. Marcus Williams is no longer with the Saints. He'll be playing in Baltimore. And, like, yeah. That is true, but they had some – Honey Badger now. And Marcus – Okay. And Marcus May. Okay, yeah, so you add those, those are two, two pretty good safeties. Yeah, but you're still Marcus was one of like yes, he had some bad moments like the 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 Minneapolis miracle like that was terrible, but like what Marcus did from a leadership standpoint, I think is something that is going to be felt this year. But anyways, I digress about Marcus Williams. I'll get off my Utah soapbox for a second, but. And I'll get back on my Tampa Bay Buccaneers soapbox because Jameis Winston is a terrible quarterback. Oh, terrible. Oh, oh I would not say terrible. I mean, he was very, he was a he game is manager. Not, last okay. Year. Yeah. He is a game manager. He is not like top 10 quarterback. Like, yeah, but, but then again, the Saints, saying that. But, but then again, he, the Saints, the Saints are in a very bad position quarterback wise because you have I, him you dropping have, dimes. You have Taysom Hill. Who He's does bad. he play? Does he You're play right. quarterback? Does he play tight end? Does he play wide receiver? Does he play linebacker? What does Taysom Hill play? He, he's so, playing tight end, I believe. So it's like you have, like, who else is on the roster quarterback wise for the Saints? In like, book, I think. 
That's garbage. Okay. That's poor. That's garbage. I think that your your anti Saints bias is seeping into your okay. analysis. No, of the no, team. no, no, no. Because I just don't I think Jameis will... is that bad. <laughs> the Saints are winning this division, man. I don't know what to tell you. No, they're not. No, they're not. That's ridiculous, no. Bradford. Well, I, I was gonna launch Stop into that. Stop saying ridiculous <laughs> I'm things. Not. I'm That's not. The, okay, have, here's here's my I have thing. a field. I, I can justify it. I'm here's my crazy. here's my you thing. can't justify it. They're be, they're not as good as the Buccaneers. That's just if, a terrible thing. If if the Saints have another quarterback issue this year, all of those wide receivers are not going to save this team because Alvin Kamara can only do so much, and I'm pretty sure. And also, that you, wasn't that good last year? He, yeah, so, he was not at his just he to was point not that out. at a good level last year. I if there's a quarterback issue, the three wide receivers that you mentioned not going to succeed. Also, Jameis is coming off of a total knee reconstruction. Like sometimes those players who come back from those kind of injuries are vastly different, either positively or negatively. So we need I I need time to see how he is performing to be able to say like, oh yeah, Jameis is a good quarterback. Maybe it's just because I'm scorned as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan about how many times he ruined my life, but I yeah, just- Yeah, LASIK, need... it's all fixed. Okay, yeah, yeah LASIK smation. hatred, that's what's going on Yeah, here. I will gladly admit, I will this gladly is, admit, I do not, I will gladly admit I do not like Jameis Winston and I will, I will, I will accept that because I, I, I stand, like I stand by that. I don't like him from like a believing in consent standpoint, but I'm just talking purely NFL wise. Like, uh, here's why. Here's why I think this uh, the Saints James winning this division is not ridiculous. Objectively fun quarterback. I, that's that's exactly. Jameis makes football better. That's my stance on Jameis Winston. He's not. That is a great take. He's not good. Maybe he's not the worst. He's certainly not the worst quarterback in the NFL, and he's certainly not the best. But when you watch a team with Jameis Winston, you're going to have a lot of fun watching Jameis Winston because he's going to do something there. That's just all I That's what I believe. And, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinions. But I just I, I, I think it's it'll be a fun season for the New Orleans Saints with Jameis Winston. And I think there'll be a playoff team. That's that's kind of where I stand on this. Any final thoughts on the New Orleans Saints from any of you? And then I, we, I, I think we can get out of here. I would like to justify what I said earlier. Okay. I, I agree with you that the Buccaneers, I, the Buccaneers are a slightly better football team. If you look at the schedules, if you look at how just everything feels like it's about to play out, I can see the Saints and the Buccaneers both being around 10 wins, right? 10, 11 wins. That feels very believable. And in the instance that they are, perhaps with a tied record, the Saints, who have shown an incredible proclivity to own Tom Brady within the past few seasons, uh, we minus that playoff game, which I mean was the most important of them all. So really, he has the last laugh as always. I mean, if they have a tied record, I don't think it's that ridiculous to think the Saints would probably own the tiebreaker over them. This Saints team, excellent defense, excellent weapons, and I believe in LASIK Jameis. LASIK Jameis is going to be dropping dimes in this offense. Michael Thomas is back. Chris Olave is going to be a beast. Taysom Hill, bit of a joke, not a terrible tight end though. Uh, I, I just think the Saints are a promising team that might just from schedules and just vibes all together. I don't think it is that crazy to suggest they could edge out the Buccaneers uh, 
in this division. Respectfully, I disagree. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Sammy, can I ask you something? This is yes. Some, this, yes. As a, and I, I always like to ask NFL fans this whenever I meet a fan of, of the team. So within your division, what would you say is your distaste power rankings? I'm, I'm, this is just purely out of curiosity and research. Honestly, I really do not care. Like, I do not care about any of those teams. Like, yes, have the Saints broken my heart a couple of times more than any other team in the in division? Yeah. But at the same time, like, as someone who covers college football for a living, like, you learn to separate your fandom from watching actual good football. Like, if, if someone is a bad team, like, but they have good players, like, I focus more on that. So I, and like, I honestly, I don't care. I don't care. There are more, there are teams outside of the division that I don't like, but that's again, it, there's a lot of reasoning behind it. I just don't like, I, it's not like I'm one of those fans. that's like, well, I hate the saints because I'm a Buccaneers fan. Like, that's just not who I am. That's not who I've ever been. And I don't think I will ever be that way. Like teams. I just, I don't like, because I've just seen, like, I just have either had bad interactions with fans. I've had just not good experiences with the teams and stuff, but like, in this division, like, honestly, like, I don't care about, like, how the other teams are. And, like, at the end, of, like, when Marcus played, when Marcus Williams played for the Saints, like, I was there, like, yeah, it hurt when he picked off Tom Brady two times in a game. But at the same time, I was happy for a former Utah player to be having success and chasing his dream and living his, like, living what he's always wanted to do. So, yes, I'm a Buccaneers fan, but at the at the same time, I root for players not like teams outside of the division so i don't know if that answers your question but yeah that's a very that's a very reasonable take on it that's 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 about that's a i'm 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 i feel similarly like i i do have distaste for organizations in the division but not from a division rival perspective yeah no i it's not yeah it's like i don't not like the saints because i'm a buccaneers fan like that's not my thing like there are teams i don't like like i am not a big cowboys fan but that's again, that's not anything to do with like the players on that team. It's just from an organizational standpoint. I just don't like the Cowboys. The NFC South is a very likable division overall. I think just from a neutral fan standpoint, I think they have like, well, the least amount of. I, I disagree. You have, well, you also have I the least amount on of drama. Atlanta and New Orleans being quote unquote likable. They were. I think they're very they, likable. They were heavily in on the Deshaun Watson. Okay, but that could have been so and, many other teams. And, and that's like, have... if you're even getting involved in those sweepstakes, you're a little bit grimy. So that's yeah, a, that's that is that. Like, what when I saw that he was headed towards the Saints, I, I was I would say that. that if he did play for the Saints, my dislike of the saints would go up astronomically yeah, like my dislike for the browns has hit an all-time high right now there are certain players on that team that i still adore and i still like i love watching them play but as an organization as a whole especially as a front office number one dislikable team followed closely by the commanders yeah. sometimes it yes. flips sometimes it flip-flops ah uh, shot dan snyder what a guy anyhow no. Uh, well, in a negative way, <laughs> what a guy in a negative way. Uh, what a character. I yeah. Would yeah. What a guy in a negative way to Dan Snyder. Wow. Oh, well, this ended yeah. on a really negative note. So I'm going to ask all of us, uh, what is one thing, one meal that you are excited about eating 
when you have a break during football season, like one place you're excited to go to lunch, it can be somewhere, you know, in Alberta, Bradford, it could be somewhere here. Uh, Sammy, I'll I'll, I'll go first. I'm just excited for when I get a quiet moment. I found a new sushi place. It's in Fort Union called Teru Sushi. Very good sushi. Just, just, just a solid sushi place. And uh, I, I really enjoy it to the max because I am fat and I like to eat food and uh, food is my number one best friend in this whole world. And so I, I'm looking forward to that. Sammy, are there any particular football related meals you're excited to go after? And when I mean football related, I really mean you, know, you have a free minute here between on, on a Utes bye week, maybe. And, you know, the old Bartlester Brian Brown says, hey. Let's all go out for a Ute Zone team dinner. Like, what? Where are you pitching to go eat? Well, the Ute Zone classic answer would be Pretty Bird. Um, Pretty Bird spicy Memphis hot chicken sandwiches. That's always like a classic Ute Zone location. Um, to go to. So that's that was like the first thing that popped into my mind because I haven't had a Pretty Bird sandwich in such a long time, and it sounds like delicious right now. But, um. I'm honestly like there's so many restaurants that are on our like our circulation from Ute Zone that like we go to. So on it, it just kind of depends on who's picking and like what the mood is because some of them are casual, some of them are a little bit less casual. But I think my answer is going to be Pretty Bird because damn, those chicken sandwiches are good. I'm not a huge chicken sandwich guy. That's not the way I like to ingest my chicken. I like chicken tenders a lot more, but. Uh, I've heard good things about Pretty Bird. The Pretty Bird, the Pretty Bird in Fort. No, the Pretty Bird in South Salt Lake does have chicken tenders. Oh, nice. Well, maybe so, I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, it's fun. Bradford, what's what's cooking in uh, Alberta? Uh, well, namely me. It is like bazillion degrees right now. But uh, I, well, I, I was gonna say, uh, as far as 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 food goes, my routine that I've I've sort of picked up over the past little while, just off my uh, university's campus uh, here in Edmonton, there's this super rundown little diner. It's been run by like the same family since the early nineties. And it's like the kind of place where it's like, they, they're unironically using like a letterboard menu. It looks like just like, like one of those like vintage Coke shops, sort of uh, not like cocaine. I mean, like in a, in a, in a beverage sense, vintage Coke shop, uh, but it's incredible. The prices are cheap. They have a big TV there. I, I like watching games. That's where I was watching uh, Mike White versus uh, Marcus Mariona classic earlier today. Um, but the, the burgers, oh my God, they're so juicy and tender. And it's just the same lady just whipping it up in the kitchen for you every time for a great price. Uh, I only recently discovered them a few months ago, but it's going to become my new thing now is I'll go there to watch sports games. Just show, I mean, super cheap alcohol too, if that's your thing, like unbelievable. That, that, that's 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 where that's that the food I'm looking forward to consuming. I also wanted to say this real quick before this episode ends. With Dan Snyder, I've always been of the opinion that Dan Snyder is who Bling Bling from Johnny Test would have become if he if he grew up. I don't know if that reference means anything to you, but maybe it means something to somebody out there. I, I think it's a very yeah. I have no idea take. what you're talking about. I also have no idea. So you never watched Johnny Test? He's got a talking dog. That's Canadian, I think. Is Johnny Test Canadian? I don't know. I'm going to look this up. Just look up Bling Bling and you'll see what I mean. Anyways. All right. That's it for me. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Sammy, I know you have things to plug, so I want to give you a chance right now to plug those things. 
please tell us and, and our listeners where they can find you talking about Utah football, because I know some people here uh, like Utah football, mainly because I like Utah football and I spread my love for Utah football occasionally on this end zone podcast podcast. Uh, so uh, go ahead and tell people where they can find you talking and writing about Utah football. So you can find me on Twitter at S underscore Mora 99. Um, lots of ramblings there. Uh, but most of my content, well, actually all of my content now is going to be on utezone.com. Uh, a lot of like weekly game content. Uh, I'll be running some some game content during game days as well. Uh, post-game thoughts, stuff like that. But I also have a podcast. If you subscribe on utezone.com uh, with the monthly subscription, there should be, there's always a promo running for either a dollar a month for your first year or 80% off or 50% off. Subscribe to Utezone. You get access to all of the other schools in the 24-7 market when you do subscribe. Um, but if you are a Utah fan specifically, I do have a podcast with Steve Bartle of Utezone. Um, it's called Break Time with FTB and Sammy. Uh, it's usually a shorter 30 minute ish podcast where we just talk about everything Utah football related, sometimes Utah athletics. Um, but that's where I will be at uh, for the foreseeable future. I will be watching NFL, but I will not be reporting on NFL because I will be waiting in the waters of college football, which is my one true love. Very nice. And Sammy does an excellent job. She's a very good writer and very passionate and works really hard and is awesome so go follow sammy and she's definitely got way more insightful stuff to say about football than i'll ever have to say so please go follow sammy that would mean the world uh bradford you can find him on twitter at there is no cult uh uh, you know you know the ad's kind of growing on me a little bit not lie you know i i do wish you i I could sense your distaste for it in previous episodes which which encourages me to keep it more yeah it it is sort of growing on me a little bit as we don't take ourselves too seriously and as i've stated many a time this is an amateur football podcast and that's a very amateur football ad so you know we'll stick with it for now but one thing i'd like to see from you more bradford before we go just a personal note more more nfl tweets just just like plan on getting on twitter and two to three times a day tweeting about nfl stuff the last time i tweeted something nfl related i tweeted wow is the nfl actually about to do the right thing in regards to the sean watson scenario so perhaps my nfl twitter takes i do actually have something to plug for today though oh wonderful Wonderful. It is. It's not a social media. I I was going to plug uh, uh, the novel I've been reading, Serpico. It's very good. It's it's very old, but um, I highly recommend it. That's all I've got to plug. Thank you. Wonderful. Follow me on Twitter at Eric Jens Sport. Follow the pod at Endzone Pod. Wow, what a fun episode this has been. So much fun. So much talk. And uh, we did it, Bradford. We talked about all 32 NFL teams. That's pretty. Not, not you personally. You you kind of got in halfway through. But I've talked about all 32 NFL teams. And the fact I'm able to do that every year kind of amazes me sometimes. Because sometimes it feels like I don't have the time. So that was great. Thank you all for listening. We will be back starting next week. Playoff draft. Get excited. There will be ice cream sandwiches on the line. There will be heavy debate. We we it will be a show. So thank you very much again, Sammy. It was wonderful to have you. It's wonderful to meet you. We didn't yeah. even, we didn't waste too much of your time this evening. Until next time, peace out.